looky looky here, boys. So We're back. We're back again. Shit, this fuck this hat game is ridiculous today. That's all I that's I'm first first yeah. thing I noticed. Our fucking hat game is ridiculous today. Well, if we keep this up, we're gonna have to have a a segment in the beginning of the podcast where we just you know talk about our caps and you know why we, <laughs> we chose. But for real, that's a that's Here's a good observation. You got to tell the fans what that is, bro, because you're you're looking pretty extra crispy on the headwear today. Well, this is a Phillies cap with uh, roses on the side, so Jeez. it's pretty cool with the with the pink brim. It's nice. It's a with the old school P. But yeah, I like that. Benny the Butcher's got uh, looks like a little throwback over there. Rocket throwback, cause going back to the glory days. Right now in this rebuild, you know, had to get a had to get a new new hat of the the good old days, the golden days. Keep yourself uh, engaged. Keep yourself exactly. engaged with the fan base. I like it. And it's a nice little <laughs> Keep myself from jumping ship, Rona. You know, like you did with the Bills, huh? Exactly. Some would say. Well, nice to be back, nonetheless. But guys, it's good to be back as we talking about sports, and we're here with another divisional breakdown. The NFC North. Uh, last week we came at you guys with the AFC North. We had a couple of division picks. Um, hope you guys caught that. And if you didn't, so we're here with and you're here with us today. Breakdown, the NFC North. Uh, last week we came at you guys with the AFC North. Sorry, that's me. Yeah, that's me. That's me. My bad. Uh, hope you guys. Sorry, I'm just watching. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that might be the the viewer that we have right now. But anyways, uh, we're we're here with the NFC North uh, division that's pretty much been run by the Packers the last couple of years. Uh, and I mean, for as far as I can remember, often challenged by a different team each year, whether it be the Bears or the Vikings. In most cases, haven't seen the Lions compete in a little while. Um, but again, like I said, this is a division that the, the Packers, if we're going to get into the odds right now, you usually find them around minus 300 plus historically from what I remember looking at, you know, uh, going into the season and they always find a way to cash it. So, I mean, uh, whether or not you like laying juice, it's a pretty good investment taking the Packers to win this division because it's a pretty consistent thing. If you want to go back and, and look at the history since Aaron Rodgers has been there. Um, but anyways, we're still here to break it down because there's been a lot of change with some of these teams with coaches and uh, just new regimes uh, in two, I guess, two of the teams with the Vikings and bears, but we'll get into that later. Um, guys, how are you guys doing? Everybody, everybody good today? Everybody had a good week so far? Oh, yeah, man. Good week. Uh, I'm excited that football's back. We got the uh, that Raiders game and Jaguars, which is okay. Gave us a little bit of taste, but then we got the yeah. hard knocks coming up. That's, you know, I didn't see it, but I heard it was really good. And then, uh, good. Just, and then just getting ready here, man, getting ready for uh, – what week one is it or like unofficially week one, but not regular season, whatever it is. I'm just excited to talk football. We got a couple fantasy leagues that are starting up. I'm excited. You know, you're, you like text your friends. Hey, when's the draft? What day is it? You know, those juices start flowing like, Oh man, it's, it's boys. It's time boys. It's yeah. time. We're getting closer. Uh, ben, how are you doing? Yeah, for sure. I'm doing good, man. I actually was able to catch that hard knocks episode. Uh, caught it this morning and I would say it's pretty good. It's it's hard not to be a fan a fan of uh, Dan Campbell, right? Their coach. I think a lot of people were already fans of him based on his you know speech, his his introductory speech when he talked about biting that biting them the, the kneecaps. Yeah, um, he had a he 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 goes hard in the show. He participates in the drills. He he gets dirty, 
Um, cool. It's it's going to be pretty good. And they also previewed that the in-season team was going to be the Arizona Cardinals. So that's going to be oh. intriguing as well. After, in week seven, when Nuke's back. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did see the Cardinals got chosen to be the in-season uh, hard knocks team. Well, whether or not that's a good thing. It's pretty entertaining to have an inside look at the teams uh, throughout the season. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about before we get into the NFC North was um, that Hard Knocks episode. Heard a lot of good things that, like about Dan Campbell, like Ben said, and Aiden Hutchinson. I saw a clip of him. I guess they do, they were doing that rookie hazing kind of where they have him go and sing talent um, out show. in front of the yeah the talent show out in front of the team, and things got a little got a little wild. But um, yeah, Dan Campbell, like you said, makes for a good character to to watch throughout the, uh, the preseason and the hard knocks and they kind of went through the his coaching tree and how he got there rolling and i mean he he he's under the bill parcells coaching tree so you know he was around for bill parcells they said just on uh what, what is that called when they uh when they go and they're not getting paid oh like interns he was on an internship and after one year they made him the tight ends coach so nice. then it stuck and then sean payton hit him up after he was an interim head coach, um, where he was at, he joined the Saints, won the Super Bowl, and now he's here where he is. So he's a pretty respected guy, and it looked like the team respected him throughout the episode. I mean, I, obviously they're going to try and show us, you know, the best look at the team that they're covering. But yeah, man, it was a good, it was a good first episode, I would say. Definitely a, a coach's, I mean, a, a player's coach, I guess, if you want to sure. throw out terms. He's a guy who can get his team motivated. I mean, despite their record last year, they were like 313-1. and one. We'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, they were pretty competitive throughout, and they were a team that uh, was always a tough out despite um, their their record. They always fought for their coach. So, And usually with the hard knocks, it's it's the teams that have that underdog story or the teams that you don't expect to be you know, in the yeah. limelight as much. So Dan Campbell is like the poster child for, you know uh, – uh, underdog you know was a player now you know the coach a la you know Dwayne Johnson the rock in the baller series you know kind of thing that you always kind of root for so I could see where HBO you know went with it also I think a lot of it had to do with Detroit I kind of heard that the city has you know recently been you know economically hit strong and it's one of the poorest you know cities and recently a bunch of I guess millionaires, billionaires, whatever, trying to revamp the city, you know, making more buildings and trying to get that um, that wealth back to the city. So, I mean, that could have had somewhat to do with it as well. But I look forward to seeing it now that uh, Ben said that it was good. And, and you know, Hard Knocks is, is good publicity. You know, I see we all win here, Ron, talking about good PR, or talking about the Kyler situation, I think. But yeah, nonetheless, was, it, it, it's yeah, good the Kyler being... situation, but. Good being in the limelight for sure, especially if you're Detroit. It's a team that's not really featured too much throughout the season. Uh, but I wanted to talk about one more thing before the NFC North, and it's on the flip side of good PR, and that's Deshaun Watson. We were talking about his suspension last yeah. week uh, when we were breaking down the Browns and the AFC North, and, and it had just come out that it would be six games, but the, the NFL was appealing the NFL's ruling, uh, just kind of how that works with the independent arbitrator. But anyways – it came out that what's his name Roger Goodell the commissioner was looking for a year-long suspension it's probably going to be uh, a little bit longer than than six games for sure whether or not they get the full season what, what what do you guys think is Deshaun Watson done at least for the the foreseeable future 
He's going to play yeah. in the preseason. Just yeah. weird. Yeah. He's, I would say, he's, starting I would say he's not going to I would say he's not going to play this season at all. Same man. I'm once Goodell kind of openly comes out and says something it usually happens or it has a lot of influence on, on the people that are making that decision whoever's mm-hmm. making it um i mean this is huge like we talked about last time i think it was like 46 total counts and then anytime to me nowadays it has to do with male athletes and uh, you know having issues with females not that this was a domestic situation but regardless it was kind of like the uh male athlete superstar you know messing with predatory you know women who you know aren't you know this and that it's just bad pr this is this is like going going again talking about pr again this is bad pr for the nfl and goodell's not gonna have any of it have any of it man yeah real quick shout out to the chat we got gene in the chat saying he already got a whole year suspension um i don't i don't know if that's definite but i guess he's got the inside scoop but shout out gene for joining us rick also Saying he loved how Dan Campbell joined the team with the workouts, respect. Roland with the Kyler Murray take. So shout, shout out to y'all for joining us tonight live. For sure, for sure. All right, well, that was a little news and notes. You guys ready to get into the NFC North? Yeah, this exciting right. division. Let's All do right. it. As Let's always, do it. We, we start at the top. We start at the top. We give a little bit of flowers to the division champs. And like I said in the opening, it's usually these guys. It's usually the Green Bay Packers Ooh. and – and Aaron Rodgers himself, they went 13-4 and four last year, undefeated at Lambeau in the regular season, 5-4 and four on the road, 5-1 and one against their division, usually leads to, to good things. They won the division, but they lost to the 49ers at home in a memorable game, snow game, lost to the West Coast team. I think, it, was it an overtime? I'm not too sure, but they lost 13-10 to 10 nonetheless against Jimmy G and the 49ers at home, 13-10. to 10. I just got to say it again. Um, another disappointing end to the season for them. But anyways, they're 15 and one last two seasons at home and they're 10 and two the last two seasons versus the division. They own this, this division. They own the North. Uh, they're a good bet at home straight up. If you want to include them in any parlays, I'm pretty sure it's going to be safe to do so this year. They had nine games decided by one score, um, eight points or less last year, and they were six and three in those games. Um, they got Aaron Rodgers. They're going to win a lot of those last drive games for sure. Um, they're favored to win it again in, uh, in 2022, minus 190. Uh, they're the favorites. So it's a little short for their history. They're usually around like minus 300. But the big question here, uh, no Devontae, no problem. 1,600 yards goes out the window, 170 targets as we were talking about offline. And will it be the same as usual for Green Bay? Is LaFleur and Rodgers and the supporting cast that they have now enough to, to overcome what they're losing with De- Devontae Adams, who uh, led was a g- big part of Ben's argument for taking the Raiders so seriously this year in the <laughs> NFC West? Was No, it's true, though. I mean, it's, oh, laugh it. Laugh it, it, it up, Ron. Laugh it up. I was with you there. I'm just saying that you, it was another guy, too, who – you know, Mr. Mr. Quarterback Carr, who you know had some yeah. major influence on, on you uh, also, man. So I'm just laughing because you were pretty adamant about the Raiders this year, definitely. So, and you know, no, only one and all team to start. That was a good. That far. was a good episode, which would which you can go back and watch. Yeah. Whoever's watching, if you want to watch. And and you know, speaking of laughs, you know, Devontae Adams was in the was in the news for saying, you know, I'm, I'm going from one Hall of Famer to another, so there's going to be a little bit of adjustment. Aaron Rodgers said the same thing. 
one Hall of Famer to another, there's going to be a little adjustment from Devontae Adams to Adam Lazard. That's the big thing here. They, they, they lost Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith. They added Caleb Watson, the highly touted receiver from North Dakota State. Uh, can, let me see, where is it? Yeah, Christian Watson, excuse me, North Dakota State. Um, with their pick from the Las Vegas Raiders, which they traded for uh, when they traded uh, Devontae Adams, they got Quay Walker, a guy who dropped from Georgia, a uh, middle linebacker. <clears throat> so they got a couple of Georgia guys, actually. But are you guys in on the Packers again this year? We see their schedule up. We see their odds uh, to win the NFC Championship plus 400. I think that's probably the second shortest odds on the board per DraftKings. Uh, their se season win total. 11 they won 13 last year to win the nfc north minus 190 don't even want to look at to make the playoffs pretty much can book it unless aaron Rodgers wow. goes down aaron Rodgers to an mvp plus 1000 that's or aaron Rodgers over under i just wanted to throw this out there 31 and a half passing touchdowns and you know we talk about uh, Devontae adams leaving that was 16 touchdowns or 11 touchdowns for um Devonte uh walking out so again i ask you guys how do you feel about the packers this year are you in on them or are, are you thinking this is a year that their the rain over the north uh comes to an end <clears throat> yeah looking at their schedule it actually looks pretty favorable i mean you see you know one two tough games in there they have a pretty weak division obviously and you know then they play the cowboys the giants the eagles and the yep. and the commanders so the schedule set up pretty nice for them, um, you know, minus the Bills and the Rams sprinkled in there, the Bucks, but the Bucks are dropping like flies as well. So for them, it's looking like another promising season. I can see why the playoff odds are at minus 500. Um, like you said, the to win the North is under two to one. I mean, it pretty much we're going to talk about the Vikings, but it comes down to how serious you take them this year. You expect just a Packers team led by Aaron Rodgers to automatically be penciled in for, you know, winning the division. That's just, it's like death taxes and the Packers to win the division. I guess that it's safe to say in those, um, in those senses, but I like the way the schedule shapes up for them. Like I said, man, now I see why their win total is at 11. I don't see any value in him winning MVP at plus 1000. Just what are the odds that they give it to a guy three years in a row? And as controversial as he has been in the off season, you kind of just think that he's turned voters off. Um, so I don't, too. Yeah, I think that they'll be – and, well, it's hard to say they'll be better value during the season, especially because I, I'm talking about how easy their schedule looks. But I don't see any value in that number because I don't think that there's a chance that he wins MVP this year. Is is that 31-and-a-half passing touchdowns playable for you either way? He threw for 37-and-4 last year. Yeah, so he did, and a lot. And how many of those, you know, did he lose by that went to Adams? Um, it was eleven. Eleven, yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the receiving core that he has. I think that it's kind of a wait and see with that receiving core. Not anybody that I'm, you know, targeting for fantasy, fantasy wise or anything. As far as the receivers, you got to see who's going to be the guy that's going to separate themselves. Um, I know, you know, Lazard. I don't. If Lazard's the number one on your team, it's you know, that's nothing to to praise, honestly. You're just getting it done on the strength of, of Aaron Rodgers at that point. So I'm not in love with the receiving core at all. Ron, this is a team that's tormented us Cowboys fans <laughs> for the past couple of years in the playoffs when we've made it. So the team that we don't like. 
So as unbiased as you can be, because it, it's hard for me. What's your yeah. take on the Packers this season? That's, that's, I don't like. First of all, first of all, whoa, Roly Martinez in the chat. That's out of nowhere. But what's up to Roly? Thanks for watching us. Uh, first of all, Dez caught it. That's the point that I didn't make. Dez caught it. But on a serious note, man, I really don't see anything here worth touching. I love them to win the North, but at 190, I don't know if I take the juice. Aaron Rodgers, 31 and a half touchdowns. I'm thinking I'm taking that because a lot of the teams up there are teams that have great defenses. I mean, the Bears are trash, but their defense has always been solid. Um, then, you know, then, then they have, like Ben said, the Bills, another great defense there. The Cowboys, that secondary was great last year. Um, the Rams, you know, so they have, you know, the Vikings always play them tough uh, and don't sleep on the Lions. You know, Dan Campbell, we said at the beginning of the show, who maybe not win some games, but their defense might be tough and with less weapons this year. And I think they're going to go, in my opinion, this year heavy on the run game because uh, Dylan has came out as, you know, kind of like the Tony Pollardish, you know, to the Zeke Elliott. I think they might, you know, slow the game down a little bit more because Rodgers doesn't have all those targets. So that's something that I would probably touch on the under 31 and a half passing touchdowns. But other than that, nothing that I really love out of these out of these uh, futures here. You, Ben, are you playing anything on this board? Yeah, no, I don't like anything on the board. Um, I, I am interested in some in the backfield um, in, in fantasy football. But as far as for the board betting, no, I don't. And I, I, the Washington Commanders is another sneaky, you know, underrated defense when they're at full strength as well. So I see Ron's point. There's going to have to be a wide receiver that separates himself and makes them legit. So um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, for me, when I look at this, you know, you talk about the schedule. You guys already mentioned it. I had them pegged right around 11 wins. You know, for me, the division, I think, comes down to – how they do against the Vikings. You know, they get them at home towards the end of the season. That could very well be for the NFC North right there. Cause you got to think the, the Packers, we talked about them going eight and O last year at home. You got to think they hold court in the season opener against uh, the Vikings. So that's kind of how I looked at it. I looked at this division. So I have them right now penciled in as a champ, but as Ron said, a minus minus one ninety. I'm not sure if I'm willing to, to take the juice on that, but uh, nonetheless, the Packers should be competitive. Uh, once again, because they do have Aaron Rodgers, who's been a, I guess, a perennial, I mean, if you want to say QB1. He, he's been there for much of his career. He's had an offseason here or there, injury, plague season, um, as, as most people do every now and again. Ben, you're, you're the fantasy guy here. Wh what are you looking for in, in the Packers? Uh, you, we have a couple other guys listed here based on their rankings. A any any takers? Yeah, you see, like that quote, if that's Halen Lazar, like, like, get out of here, bro. Like, shut the shit. Like, all right. Bro. Like, he had eight touchdowns last year. You're, you're, trying, to make pre just... you're trying to make preseason headlines. All right, but then. That's a he's wild just, take, he's just like, saying he he's just saying he wants to be the best receiver in the league. What do you want him to say? I want to be a I, I want to be a middle be a, of the pack receiver. I want to be a proven number one. Like let's there's levels. Let's take steps, okay? Let's. I mean, you can't just go from zero to one hundred. At least I don't think so. I could be proven wrong. Lazard, do you all see him as more of a guy who you might draft with value this year because of all the question marks, and he'll be a decent keeper option because. He does take maybe that top 15, top 10 wide receiver jump, or is he more likely to be in the exact same spot next year? That's my question to you all about him. See, the, the thing is, just by doing the math, you know, we talked about Devontae Adams leaving. That's 168 targets out the window. You got to think that gets occupied somehow. You got to think Adam Lazard is going to be in line for more volume just out of virtue 
of there being no Devonte Adams, who's a, who's a target monster. So I do think he's gonna finish above that wide receiver forty eight that we have listed here. And it just depends, you know, what you're doing with your team in the draft, whether or not you want to take him. Maybe you're a little bit running back heavy, and you see him come around in those those mid to later rounds, and you want want to grab him. I think it's definitely worth a shot. I mean, being Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver, I mean that means something. But the only thing is, it's not. Uh, a definite thing it's not definitively gonna happen it's just he is number one on the depth chart so you got to think he's in line just, you're, just you're right think, off the bat you think he sees double digit targets then you think he averages double digit targets i mean i think he'll get close to about eight i mean let me look at how many targets he had last year i mean i was talking about Devonte adams yeah, because I'm saying know. they lost a lot of targets with him, so you got to think the looks are going to go somewhere. Yeah, if he's he going to establish himself as a number one guy, and he's getting ten targets a game. Then there's a lot of value in where yeah. he's going and, at wide and, receiver forty-eight. And they lost uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who also had fifty-five targets. So that's more than two hundred targets out the window. I know they drafted that Christian Watson kid from North Dakota State, but it, it has to be a Lazard. Or, you know, the running backs that we have listed here, like Aaron Jones, who's a pass catching back. Tanyan still there? Tanyan. Tanyan, yeah. I want to say it. Yeah, and, and Ron, or, or, Ron, are you touching Alan Lazard, Ron? Yeah, for sure I am, man. I mean, uh, before I do, Roly said Lazard first round for sure and keeper every year. I think he's being sarcastic there, but the keeper, he could be one of those <laughs> keeper guys. Yeah, that's why, I was, that's why I was like, if you do that, that's a reach. But anyway... Um, yeah, man, I, mean, I, I mean, I think at wide receiver 48, if you go to running backs and you have a receiver or I mean, what sees his uh, predicted draft slot like six rounds roundage wide receiver. What, what 48, that you got to think he's like round six, like nine or five. ten. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Late, I mean, bro. if you can get him that late, I mean, I don't see why not. And another thing that we have to ask ourselves is, is he a talented receiver or is all the hype because of who his quarterback is? You know, does Aaron Rodgers make the receiver? Or does a receiver need to have talent? I mean, Devontae Adams came out of nowhere. He has crazy talent. Everybody can see that. But look who's throwing on the rock. You know, so that's the thing that we're going to find out about Lazard this year. Because if he gets all those opportunities that you guys he's saying, and all the, you know, you guys are saying, and he gets all those looks, but he can't do anything with them, that's then right. yeah. he, he might kind of fade. Yeah, you know, he <laughs> might kind of fade. So, but at, in round nine or 10, Shit, I definitely get this guy just because yeah. there's there's nobody else over there and in the Green Bay. The potential is there for sure. Yeah. Is, the, is ceiling, a, the ceiling, like they say, is really be, high on him. Before we get to the backfield, is it fair to say that he's guaranteed to have a better season than Juju? Or is that a question? Is that a fair question? Juju being with the Chiefs, both guys in about the ninth or tenth round available in some mock drafts. So you're so, saying either Juju or Lazard? Yeah. I think it's a fair question just because Juju's in a similar situation. I mean, Tyreek Hill, that's over 100 targets walking out the door too. The only thing is Lazard does have rapport with um, Aaron Rodgers already. So it's just depending who who has better rapport with their quarterback. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I go I'm going Lazard, Lazard over Juju. Yeah, yeah okay. same. I'm going Lazard over Juju just because Kelsey, man. Kelsey takes a lot of those targets away. He's not – Lazard is probably going to be – the first look and you know juju's not going to be the first look over there in kc gotcha all right well let's get to the backfield boys um have you all been aaron jones fans aaron jones obviously yeah. has started sharing the backfield with aj Dillon. 
We saw it for a large part last year. We expect it to be a running back by committee this year. Aaron Jones' draft capital has, you know, also reflected. He's going late, later second round, probably end of the second round. Before he was going, you know, at that turn, probably at number 10, being one of those back-to-back picks, if not pick number nine. So are you all turned off to Aaron, pause to Aaron Jones this year? Or are you all still are you all still buying that Aaron Jones stock with AJ Dillon there sharing the backfield with him? I'll go first because I had Jones the last two years, and two years ago he tore it the hell up. That's why I got him last year. And then midseason, man, I was already like questioning myself, do I even put him as a starting RB or am I flexing this guy? Because Dylan was getting because Dylan was getting looks, man, and he was getting the goal line looks. If Jones wasn't catching a pass, you know, 10, 15 yards away from the end zone and trying to break it, you weren't gonna get that touchdown from him because he, one, he was a smaller back, and they were going to Dylan on the goal line inside the 10. So I'm not touching them this year. Pause on that. But I'm not, you know, looking to draft him. If he's there and he falls, of course. But other than that, I, he's not somebody that's on my he's target board. He's off the draft board, Ron? He's not. He's not on my target board. Yeah, two-part two answer for me. Historically, I haven't been an Aaron Jones guy. I haven't really drafted him in the past from what I can remember. I think maybe once. Uh, but, you know, I put up this stat here. He had nine games in 2021 with almost less than double digits. That's, you know, in a PPR leagues, that's that's pretty scary. That's a lot of variance because he still did rank out high as, as a running back in PPR leagues. But mm-hmm. dropping him, you got to know there's a little bit of variance there because of, like, stuff that Ron mentioned with him sharing time with Dylan. But this year, because Ben did mention he's falling in the middle to the back of the second round, if you went wide receiver in the beginning and you want to get a running back because you, you want to grab a premium or close to a premium running back one, Getting him at his current draft capital isn't that bad because, like we were talking about with Devontae Adams, the targets are going to go somewhere, and he's definitely the pass catching back. So PPR, uh, I'll I'll see what's up if I can catch him towards the the back of the second round. I've never been a big Aaron Jones fan, just because I think that it all goes through um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But this year, I'm not at all. I think that there's a lot more value in AJ Dillon. Um, honestly, Jones is off of my draft board. I see the situation that you say, Roland, maybe you're at the four pick, five pick, you go Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, and on the way back, you want to get your guy who's, you know, you think fringe running back one, or at least you feel comfortable, semi-comfortable with him at running back one, so you take Aaron Jones, but honestly, he's off my board. I'd rather, you know, take A.J. Dillon later, and, you know, the running backs, they fall, and even then, he gets his looks, kind of like Kareem Hunt. They still get their share, and they usually do well with their share. When they come in, they're pretty effective running backs. Uh, A.J. Dillon's very effective. Ron talked about the red zone looks. He's a guy that I'm looking, if I'm going zero wide receiver, I'm looking to grab A.J. Dillon for sure. And, and you know, we also talk about Devontae Adams leaving targets. A lot of those targets were were close, like inside the five. He scored a couple of those touchdowns. Like, he's not quite on Mike, Le- Mike Evans' level. Like on fades and 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 stuff, but those quick, those fades, the quick ins and slants, he was killing guys all season on those those easy touchdowns. Um, I read so that that could go to Dylan running the ball is what I'm trying to say. Those those red zone targets could go to Dylan in terms of running. So that's a good point, Ben. I read this article where supposedly they went up to Lafleur and said that they wanted to be on the on the field at the same time, like they didn't mind, you know, running maybe like a split back set or something. Mm -hmm. And they could do that. They're going to have to find a way to get creative um, now that their wide receiver one's gone. 
But the wide receiver one leaving, you know, that directly affects the quarterback, Ben. Aaron Rodgers, this could be a little bit on his low end of his draft stock and where he's been in the past. Are you are you taking any any bites at Aaron Rodgers this year? Pops? No, not at all. I think that Aaron Rodgers might even be a guy who might be there like streamable. I don't there's I think that's where we are. I think that they're gonna be a team that plays no good way. team football. I think that they're gonna be a team that plays really good team football, bro, and wins game wins games running the ball and not having Aaron Rodgers throw for 350, 400 yards. I think that they're going to try and, you know, scale back and save some of that shit for the playoffs, bro, if they can, because that's where they've come up short. So I could see a down season in stats, kind of how you said, Ron, that you were on his under in touchdowns. I won't touch the number, but I do see a down year for him. And fantasy relevance, I like I said, I'm not – He's the ceiling I don't think is at that high with so many question marks at wide receiver. So, so you're saying that's that there's even drafts where you think that people don't draft like he goes undrafted. No, he'll get, he's going to get. Drafted I'm talking about during the year. Yeah. He's definitely going to get drafted, but I'm talking about during the season. Oh, I'm like streamable as in like if, if they, plug, uh, plug and play. And if they go to that, if, if they go to that style where they're just you know running the ball, not airing it out. They don't have Devonte Adams anymore. I'm just saying I see a down year for Aaron so Rodgers. Someone's going to cut Aaron Rodgers from their fantasy team. Hey, we've seen way crazier things. <laughs> Never know. We've seen True. way crazier. He's going to get pick, picked up on the waiver wire and go off the second half of the season. So you so, think he finishes as a QB QB1 this year in fantasy? I don't think so. That I think I he'll finish fringe. I think he'll finish right around QB12. You know, I think he has potential. But like Ben said and, you know, Ron, I, I think they're going to find other ways to get it done this year. Uh, and they're going to be a little bit more balanced because I, I do think Devontae Adams, man, he, he is a very, very talented guy. Usually, you know, wide receivers don't move the needle, and, you, you know, you can make the argument that he really hasn't because their win totals at 11. I think they might be around that total, but fantasy-wise, I do have interest in Aaron Jones and, and Alan Lazard, but that's it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking about, like, more of, like, a Matt Ryan play style of, like, the way that they run their offense. As yeah. far as like run the ball, maybe some bootlegs, but not always shotgun unless you know you're down and need to do it. Yeah. I'm thinking that they just play more traditional. Yeah, no, I I I get that. So let's just wrap up the Packers here, just in conclusion. Uh, I don't think anybody had any season long bets um, on these guys based on what we saw on the board. Although we are all we're, we're still expecting them to to be towards the top of the NFC North. We're just not willing to take anything that's there on the board. And fantasy-wise, we're pretty much out on most of these guys. Or oh, I'm in on Aaron Jones and Lazard with Ron. Ben I'm likes Lazard AJ too. Dillon. And Ben's buying AJ Dillon um, over Aaron Jones in, in terms of where you can get him in drafts. Yeah. These are players who, if they fall to you, you'll get them. Or if you get lucky. But yeah. nobody that I think we're trying to reach for. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on. The Packers are going to be a team that we talk about all year because they're, again, they're usually in contention, but let's get to this next team, a team that I, I think um, is usually expected to be in contention because they're usually considered a high powered, well-balanced team. That is the Minnesota Vikings in 2020 or 2021, excuse me. They were eight and nine, five and three at home, three and six on the road. They did pretty good against the division. They went four and two. Get, they had 14 games decided by one score or less, and they went six and eight in those games. Captain Kirk fell short a couple times, but it wasn't all his fault. Um, there were some offensive line problems. 
um, at times um, this past year. But anyways, you see their schedule up here and some of their odds. They're expected to be right there. Uh, middle of the pack in terms of their Super Bowl odds, about plus 4,000, plus 1,800 to win the NFC Championship. To win the NFC North, they're the second team favored, plus 265, and their season total is at over nine, over under nine, excuse me, uh, minus 120 to the over. To make the playoffs, yes, is at minus 115, no, minus 105. And just for fun, I put Kirk Cousins to win MVP at plus 1800. You look at their offseason, they had a lot of draft picks. Um, a lot of defense, uh, you see with their first couple picks, they, they shirt up the secondary with a safety and a, and a cornerback out of Clemson. Um, guys that they lost, Anthony Barr, Michael Pierce, and Xavier Woods, Tyler Conklin, their tight end. But real quick, I do want to mention before we move on, they did get a new head coach. No more Zimmer. It's Kevin O'Connell, the former head coach from the, from the Rams. So people are expecting big things for – for this guy right here, uh, Justin Jefferson, we'll get to fantasy um, in a little bit, but I'll lead off on the Vikings real quick because I am pretty high on them. I like the way their schedule shapes up. Um, it's not one of the stronger schedules. The NFC North, they benefit this year from playing the AFC East, which is expected to be down this year. And we mentioned last year they went four and two against the division. So I, I expect them to hold court against teams like the Bears and the and the Lions. And if they can sweep those teams, maybe split with the 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 Packers. That's what it's going to come down to for them this year. But I do like the Vikings a lot this year. I have them slotted like around 11 wins this year. So I would take that total, and I like them to make the playoffs. Um, I'm I'm in on the Vikings. Uh, it might might spurn me because. Uh, like we say, Kirk Cousins is – he is called Captain Kirk, but sometimes it's its a bad – some craziness goes on with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback is all I'm trying to say, especially come prime time. Hard guy to trust, but I like the way this team's built. I'm a big Justin Jefferson guy. Also have him listed there to win the uh, receiving yards title at plus 800. He is a favorite over Cooper Cup just slightly, but – do you guys like the Vikings this year? Are, are you in on them? New head coach, uh, former Rams head coach, as I mentioned, so it comes from a high-powered offense. Um, are you guys buying the Vikings this year? I'm all in, man. I, I'm not all in oh, the way – I'm, I'm all in. And I'm not all in the way Ben is with uh, the Raiders, but I'm kind of close. I'm kind of close, man. Um, it seemed like that stat that you put up, in out of the 14 games, they were what? Uh, they six lost like eight. eight of those. Yeah, yeah. they were six and eight. And we know that that the talent is there, you know, Cook and Jefferson. It's just it felt like Zimmer could have been that piece that just, you know, kind of like, again, not to, you know, uh, home team. But the way we say with McCarthy, like all the talents there, then you have McCarthy doing stupid shit like, you know, running out the clock, not even getting the playoff. So it just felt like all the talent was there, but. It, they just couldn't put it together, kind of like Campbell coming in. And just like you said, he's coming from the Rams. You know, they have – I'm sure their ethic there is way different than what Zimmer had for them. And that mentality of winning, he's also taking there as well. Zimmer was with the Cowboys for a while, but they weren't really doing much when, you know, he was there with the Cowboys as well. Their schedule is very favorable, and I'm going to go out not even on so much of a limb here. We just got finished talking about the Packers, how we don't expect great things from them. So at plus 265 to win the NFC North, I think 
they're at least there with the Packers, you know, all season, maybe a game or two away. And at plus 265, if to me, it's just a two-team race here. Why not take, you know, those odds and potentially get a nice bet at the end of the year with that win NFC North future? So you're in. You're you're calling I'm your shot. In. I'm in. You're calling yeah. your shot. You know what they say? If you if you come out to King, you best not miss. <laughs> so you're taking your shot. I'm there with you. I'm, I'm yeah. I don't know. If I'll take him to win the division because I think it's a toss up. But I like your play with the value plus two sixty five. If you're gonna take a shot, might as well. Ben, yeah. what what are your thoughts on the Vikings? I know you don't like Kirk Cousins, but what, what are your thoughts? I mean, y'all gave me shit for liking Derek Carr, and I mean, here you are, Tom. But I didn't Kirk say nothing about led Kirk. team this way. I didn't say it. Hey, don't well, forget who the backup is. Yeah, that that's strong that's, backup. Kellen Mond. Come on, that's 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 your way of kind of you know tiptoeing around it, not mentioning <laughs> Kirk Cousins, because that's what it comes down to. Does he take a step up or does he stay as that mediocre, you know, average quarterback who sucks every time he's on primetime football? How many of these games are primetime? How many of these winnable games are primetime? You know, that's a big question because he sucks on primetime. So I, I get it. I, I mean, I get the hype. You also got to think about Cook. He's he's missed games the last three seasons. You know that he's going to miss two to four games. As those a Madison fan. games. Yeah, those Madison games where, where you, you handcuff either for those two to four weeks or it happens late in the season where everybody's scrambling on the wire for Madison. Um, but it's going to happen because it just happens every every single year, bro. It's expected. It's not wishing anything bad upon anybody. It's just what happens. It's part of the, it's part of it. So I, I understand, especially with the step back that I expect, you know, the, the Packers to take losing, you know, the head of their receiving core. So I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fence with the Vikings, you know, the schedule also favorable, like the Packers is, you know, they play the same divisions. So the, the, the schedule is favorable, Let's just see what this new coach is all about. I'm willing to wait and see. I'm not going to No wagers. No wagers yeah, No, no. I, I I think Justin Jefferson at plus 800 probably is my favorite wager just because of the jump that everybody's expecting him to get. And that last year, too, he had a lot of drops, man. You know, I don't want to shit on him, but he had a lot of drops. A lot of points left on the board. A, a lot of points left on the field. So I do like that receiving yards leader with the way that people are hyping him up to go and – you know, fantasy drafts and stuff. I'll take a I'll take a piece of that plus eight hundred. All right, all right. I'm I'm not gonna take them to win the division, but I do like them to make the playoffs, and I like their season total. So I, I'm I'm on both of those, or I'll maybe dwindle it down at the end of the show when we recap to one. But I I'm definitely on the Vikings this year. I'm high on them. Like I said, I have them around eleven wins if all things go well. Um, and that's kind of being conservative, giving them a split um, with the the Packers and losing on the road in most of their games. But anyways, I, I like the Vikings this year. Uh, let's get to them. Last year, on... remember, Rodgers lost the first game and everybody yeah. started tripping out. And the Vikings have the Packers at home week one. So that could be, you know, that could either make their first half or maybe break their first half. But if they get that win week one at home against the Packers, shit, then they go yeah. to the Eagles and they – they host the Lions and they go to the Saints. Then they get the Bears. They could catch a little run those first five weeks. But I mean, wishful thinking if you have them to win the AFC North, I guess. I like it. I'm not going to fight you on them to win the NFC North because, like I said, I'm high um, on the Vikings as well. And a lot of people are going to be high on them in terms of fantasy. 
You see a lot of guys listed up here in the top 50 uh, from Kirk Cousins all the way down to Irv Smith Jr. The question I got to ask everyone, like Ben said, is excited about this new head coach. I mean, he was known for scheming up um, Cooper Cup getting open every single time, it seemed like, and leading to, to massive target share. Justin Jefferson was already the wide receiver one this past year. He took over for Thielen. Ben, you like him to to be plus eight hundred to be the the receiving champ this year in terms of yards. Are you willing to take Justin Jefferson in the first round? I know you said you're you're a, a wide receiver heavy guy this year, running yeah. back or zero RBs in, in most of your drafts. Um, it, are you taking Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup, or are you still giving Cup that respect? No, I'm still going Cooper Cup. You know, just because Allen Robinson was their new addition, so that might take a little bit of time. I'm still going Cooper Cup. But, yeah, if I had the choice of drafting Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook, if they're both on the board and I have that choice, probably going Justin Jefferson, to be honest. Okay. You know, okay. I'm taking him over at Joe Mixon. I'm taking him over Dalvin Cook. Um, you have I, him over Chase? I do have him over Chase. Okay. Yeah, I do. Just because of the Higgins stuff, bro. At first I had liked Chase a lot more, but they're expecting Higgins. I mean, he's getting drafted as a wide receiver one as well, so – He's the guy here. I think Adam Thielen is that possession receiver. Yes, he does steal some touchdowns because he seems to have those games where he always catches two touchdowns throughout yeah, the, the season. With Kirk Cousins, yeah, sure. when he's healthy. So I do. I like the volume for Jefferson. I like the coaching change. It's only going to help. Um, so I, I would draft him over Dalvin Cook, and I, but still behind Cooper Cook, he is wide receiver two for me though. Okay, what about you, Ron? Are are you buying? Um, any Justin Jefferson stock in the first round? If, if you're going uh, all wide receivers um, to start off your draft? I'm not, but I am going. I just took a little note. This guy right here. Probably we can't, can't read, read that. Yeah, we can't read that. Oh, you're taking Kirk Cousins. You like Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins on QB15. You know, he, interestingly Look at these enough, weapons here. Hey, Ron, you are pulling a bend because... Bro, but y'all are laughing at me on, for saying that Rodgers might get dropped. The reason, the, reason why I'm saying, the reason why I'm saying that is because Derek Carr, Ben, he hitched his wagon to Derek Carr in our first breakdown with the AFC West. He's ranked QB 14. So, so Ron, you're in on Kirk Cousins here at, at QB 15. Just wanted to point that out. I am because he's getting an offensive-minded coach here, all right? Zimmer, we all know, is a defensive guy, all right? Justin Jefferson's supposed to have a breakout year. I mean, oh, and looky-looky, Adam Thielen is on the roster as well. I mean, how can we forget oh, about this looky, guy? Looky. I mean, you know? I mean, he has Dalvin Cook, who he could dump the ball off to, who's a great PPR guy. We are talking fantasy here. He's a great PPR guy. Not really a solid number two the way that Jones and uh, Dylan are in Green Bay. You know, so don't sleep on Cousins having that year. I'm not going to say MVP, but if I want to sprinkle, I might sprinkle there. But regardless of it, Kirk Cousins this year is somebody who I'm not searching. But if I got my roster and I don't have a QB yet and he's there at what is it, QB 15, I'm definitely taking Kirk Cousins <laughs> because we know that he can sling it. He slings it a lot to the other team, but he ain't afraid to put the ball in the air. He ain't no, you know, um, Philip Rivers, who's going to be dinking and dunking, or older quarterbacks like a Big Ben. You know, this guy, you know, he, I, I hate to use it because people use it a lot, but gunslinger mentality, could we dare say that? He's not afraid to throw the rock. New offensive-minded yeah. coach gave me Kirk Cousins this year in fantasy. We got somebody dying on the car wagon and somebody – or Car Hill 
and somebody dying on the Kirk Cousins. Hey, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins. We talked about it with you uh, like that? Aaron Jones. He's a big volatility guy, also, because Kirk Cousins can go off. He he can he be can. a big guy who who yeah, gets Diego you a thirty concurs. point game sometimes. But he's also gonna be a guy that gets you ten points, and I know that because <laughs> I've streamed him. And it seems like I just don't have a connection with Kirk Cousins. He, he hasn't keep, hit for me when I stream we, him. So we got to keep an eye on that season long. The Kirk Cousins yeah. and Derek Carr QB rankings. Right? Yeah, they're ranked yeah. right next to each other. QB fourteen and QB fifteen. And, and the Raiders also steal. just got Josh McDaniels, a very offensive-minded head coach, too. So I mean, it's could be better better days for Carr as well. All right, and and Ben, we're we're talking about Justin Jefferson. We we mentioned his counterpart and Adam Thielen. He had 10 touchdowns last year. Do you think he's going to continue being? I know we mentioned it a little bit, but are you in on Adam Thielen is what I'm trying to ask. Never been wide a Thielen 31. fan. Never not, been a Thielen fan. It's pretty cheap for him at wide receiver 31, though. Still yeah. not biting? Yeah, no, I'm still not biting. Like I said, I'm looking to get my, my wide receivers early this year in drafts. So he's kind of that middle guy, you know, maybe a bench player, maybe. But I, I'm, not, I'm not looking bench. for th- – on my team – if I'm going wide oh, okay. receiver, wide receiver, he's going to yeah. be on my fantasy bench. So I'm not looking for him. No, I'm looking to draft running backs when he's getting drafted. R- Ron, you're a running back early guy. Yeah. So would you look at Thielen later to, to fill out your roster? Uh, maybe a wide receiver two, wide, flex? I mean, I think I'm going to get a tattoo that says wide receiver two because you guys know me. I love my wide receiver two. That's true. That's true. You know, I love my wide receiver two. I forgot who it was who we were talking about. Uh, on one of the other divisions, but I said, uh, you know, I love this Mike Williams. Yeah, I know, I know it was a Mike Will, but I forgot who the other guy was. But regardless of it, uh, you know, I always kind of say he's gonna draw the best corner, you know, he's gonna draw the defenses. That's what wide receiver ones do, unless they're freaks like this guy and Devontae Adams. I mean, they still get their looks and they still get their scores, but. I mean, Adam Thielen was a wide receiver one a couple years ago, and he still has that potential. He had an injury. I know he was out uh, a while, but with this new offense, not to go back to the well, offensive-minded coach, he's going to get Thielen involved, and I think if he can get some one-on-ones, he's a sleeper, bro. He's a sleeper. So I don't I don't mind Thielen at a wide receiver 31. I mean, as a flex option, would you guys flex him for sure? Is he a definite flex, or he's still like, ah, uh, he's on my bench? I think he's fringe flex. He can fringe start flex. depending on the matchup. And like I said, he had 10 yeah. touchdowns last year. He does have a connection with Kirk Cousins. For him, it's just staying healthy. He is a little bit older this year. And like we were all talking about, Justin Jefferson, probably going to take another step forward uh, with, with everything that's uh, look, uh, that's transpired in the offseason with their head coaching change. So, I mean, Thielen's only one injury away from Jefferson to be wide receiver one there too. So, yeah. Not to okay. wish bad on him. But. He's a possession receiver, bro. Are you guys buying Dalvin Cook at running back six? I just have to ask. We haven't talked about him, and he is running back six in PPR leagues. If, if I know guaranteed he's going to miss mm-hmm. games already, nah, I'm, I'm I'm out on him. You got he's an early early round running back. I'm not looking to do that this year, so no. I do have some interest in Irv Smith though. I'm punting tight end. I do like the value on him. He's a guy with a high ceiling that could. You know, make big plays. He could catch a slant and take it all the way with his speed. So. You know who he reminds me of in terms of you know the type of tight end that he is and his actual output. He reminds me a lot of Evan Ingram, the the yeah. former uh, tight end from the Giants that everyone was just waiting to potential. break out. Yeah. The potential's there. He was injured a little bit last year, Irv Smith, but I definitely like him. He's a Bama guy. 
Um, and he's going to be part of a high-powered offense. So I definitely see that if you're punting tight end. It's just, like I said, he's just a guy that has to do it. So if you're punting, you got to, you know, take that into consideration. But definitely a good pick uh, late in drafts. Anything else uh, for the for the Vikings before we move on? Ron and I already declared our love mm-hmm. for this team this year with, with our <laughs> bets that we're taking on them. And Ron yeah. with Kirk Cousins. Um, anything else on these guys? Uh, no, I think Higgins was the receiver I was talking about, the wide receiver too. That might have been him when we covered okay. the Bengals. So uh, you got Higgins say, or Thielen? Hey, Ron, but not having any tattoos and then saying you should tat wide receiver two on you as your first tat ever is crazy, bro. It's not my first tat, tat ever. I have like three of them. Oh, I didn't um, know that. My bad. They might, my bad. All right. That well, could that, potentially be a bet. Oh. Yeah, you got to get that wide receiver too. That's that's up in the the ante on our usual. (laughs) Let me find a wide receiver too that I'll hitch my wagon to, and we can do him versus Thielen. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, you guys can um, can bet on Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. You you can make a top two bet on that. All right, well, let, let's move on from the Vikings. This is a team, again, like I said with the, the Packers at the end, that we, we will be talking about a lot this year uh, just because of the expectations uh, for this team. Now let's move on to a team that doesn't quite have the same expectations. It's quite the opposite of the first two teams. That is the Chicago Bears. They're another new a team with a new coach. No more uh, Matt Nagy. He's no longer there. Last year he led them to a 6-11 record. They were between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. They went three and five at home, three and six on the road, two and four against the division, missed the playoffs at third place. Um, They had an ugly streak from week six to week 15 where they went uh, one and nine. Um, Not very good um, in in that 10 game um, stretch. I mean, they had six games decided by eight points or less, and they were close in those games. And we have a quote here, Uh, Ron, uh, what's this quote? I mean, I'm throwing the guys who wouldn't have made six string at Ohio State. That's the biggest adjustment. I think it says when it uh, when they asked him about him missing all those receivers. Now, did ball sack I, sports? I did. Did you get ball sack sported, cuz, or is this legit? I'll be I'll be honest. I just I put it up here for conversation. You know, I I, I, don't, I didn't I didn't. Uh, um, that uh, episode that Amber, uh, that episode, that newspaper column that Amber Heard went to, I didn't do my research. Uh, so I don't know if this is legit or not. I can't say 100%. National Enquirer. But I, th- I, I thought it was a good topic anyway, because I mean, could it be something that he could say? I mean, there's not a lot of talent over there for the kid. I, I did hear him say something. It was a little bit more positive than that. And you know, he, he made the. <laughs> He made the little, you know, the, the quarterback statement saying that he likes the guys that he has in the locker room, the guys that he's going to battle with, and, and he's good to go with this team. You look at their odds, Vegas doesn't have a lot of confidence in them, plus 15,000 to win the Super Bowl. That's towards the, the bottom of the board, uh, plus 7,000 to win the NFC Championship. To win the NFC North, I think they're favored to go fourth in this division. They're plus 1,400. Uh, so those are the longest um, odds on the board to win the division. Over under, I saw yesterday on DraftKings was over under six and a half minus 155 to the under to make the playoffs plus 450. Yes, no minus 650. And Justin Fields, if you're buying him and his progression, plus 8,000 to win M- MVP. <laughs> um, you look at their schedule over here. 
The NFC North, like I said earlier, they, they do benefit from playing a weaker AFC East division, so they do have some winnable games. Their strength of schedule is 24th, so it's towards the bottom if you look at what the teams did last year. So maybe there's a chance for the, the Bears to take a step up from their record last year. Um, but if you look at what they did in the offseason, they're pretty quiet. The biggest move, I think, are their departures. They they moved on from Khalil Mack, uh, who went to the Chargers, and Allen Robinson. Um, kind of ugly last year with the team after not getting his deal. Um, goes on and um, ends up with the with the Rams. And uh, Andy Dalton, the quarterback that split time with Justin Fields, he's gone now. He's on to the Saints. And they lose um, Tariq Cohen and Akeem Hicks, also notable names uh, for these guys. What are you guys thinking about with the Bears? Are, are, is it going to be a, a doomsday uh, type of scenario for this team? Are they going to take a step back? Um, I already know where I'm leaning on this team, but I, I want you guys to, to give your take. Where are you guys at with the Bears this year? Yeah, I mean, let's see what let's see how Fields is talking about his receiving core in his locker room after they get pounded by the Niners and the Packers. Week yeah. ones and two, because that's what's going to happen. I don't not not very high expectations. One play that I did see and that I'm on the fence about taking was the Bears to be the lowest scoring team this season. That was plus 650. I think that they're pretty game for that. I mean, they don't have much to work with. Uh, you know, Fields, young quarterback also. And also, you know, you've seen so many of these young quarterbacks walk into great situations. And then you see these guys like Fields and like Wilson with the Jets that walk into these kind of dumpster fires. And you feel bad for the guy, but how is it going to get better? You know what I mean? You know, it, yes, Matt Nagy is gone, but it seems like they lost a lot and the team really has no direction, in my opinion. So with the way that their schedule starts, I'm expecting them to I'm expecting them to go under that six and a half. And, if, you know, even if the number's at six, you're going to get way closer odds than at, that, to pick them. So I would even take it at six if six and a half isn't available you talk about you know the, the situation and justin fields just to give you guys some context the wide receiver two right now on their depth chart i just checked um is expected to be brian P pringle byron pringle from the the chiefs um they, they're doing him a disservice hopefully justin fields is able to survive this because this is the type of stuff that can ruin a career honestly um how, how bad things can go here for the bears and what they're doing with justin fields so Hopefully he can overcome it, but I like that over under six, six and a half. I think it's pretty safe. I have him right around four wins. Um, I'll, I'll drink the juice on that. Uh, I'll take that for sure. What about you, Ron? Yeah, I'm completely out on the bears, not touching them with anything, man. Fantasy bets, you know, anything like that. I, I have them at a ceiling, like max seven wins. So if I would bet, I would take the six and a half or like Ben said, screw it. Take the push uh, at six. But there's just there's just nothing there. And you talk about rookie quarterbacks who go with great. Uh, they're put into teams that are already kind of set up or other ones that go into dumpster fires. I mean, it just got a whole lot worse for Justin Fields because Ben was talking about how, you know, if as long as he if he doesn't have great players, but he goes into a good system, then he could have a chance. 
prime example last year was Mac Jones in New England. You know, he had obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach. So he could find ways to win even as a rookie quarterback. But Justin Fields doesn't doesn't even have that. He's already going through a coaching change in what his second his second year. I mean, they they lost guys like Khalil Mack. Allen Robinson wasn't great, but I mean, we can say that he was the most talented receiver. You're, I mean, even uh. uh who was their running back that left Cohen? I mean, he was a stud there, yeah. you know, for a little while. He, he 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 racked up some fantasy wins for you. I mean, they're taking away from this kid all his weapons, giving him a new coach in the second year. It's gonna be bad in Chicago this year. I mean, really, really bad. So Matt I Uber would do Matt Uber. See, that's we don't even know who that. Well, I don't even know who that is. So if I'm betting anything, I'm taking the unders button. I'm not touching anybody in fantasy. Is the Bears aren't – you're probably not even going to watch the Bears because they're not going to have any primetime games unless it's, you know, maybe against the Packers and they want to put Aaron Rodgers up there. But you're not going to hear a lot from the Bears this year. Yeah. So, so you're talking about fantasy. We, we have their rankings up here all towards the middle of the board. Uh, I will point out Darnell Mooney. He is a guy that wasn't even ranked last year. So to see him at wide receiver 21 <laughs> – he, uh, did, he's a big he did dunk. decent, he did though. Good. I know that's what he I'm saying. He, he, down the stretch. he played good. I, I had him on my team. I had him in my flex a couple of weeks and definitely uh, was a good pick just because there's nobody else there to throw to. That's where I'm going to start the conversation. Are you guys buying Darnell Mooney at his new ADP now that people have recognized he's a wide receiver one? Ron likes his wide receiver twos, but <laughs> Darnell Mooney, he is a wide receiver one on his team. Are you guys willing to to take Darnell Mooney uh, and and chase a wide receiver one on a bad team? No chance. I'm willing to no. pick him up if somebody gets frustrated with a bad four weeks to start the season and dumps on him. But no chance that I would draft Darnell Mooney. Nope. Yeah, I mean, if I can, if he comes along in a trade, you know, maybe just you know to say because. Uh, like we said, the Bears aren't going to do much. And who do you kind of want to get those garbage points for you? Teams that are going to be throwing the ball late, behind in a lot of games, you know, and really not going to be running the ball. Uh, so that's kind of the only reason that I would get them is because the, you don't see the Bears being ahead in a lot of games. You see, and, and Justin Fields, everybody knows he can't really throw the rock. He's a very athletic quarterback. Out of high school, he was drafted college. Same thing, that mobile quarterback style, really not known for his arm. But – like you guys said, it's not somebody who can you Mooney's not somebody who can just completely go by your radar. If you can pick him up somehow, put him on your roster, but he's just there. If he goes off, you're lucky that he's sitting on your bench and you're like, hey, let me insert this guy because you know he's had back to back, you know, or three weeks with over 15 points or something like that. Yeah. Flex him. The the other guy I'm gonna bring up is probably the other main target. We haven't talked about, about him yet, but it is Cole Komet. If you talk about the depth chart and who's there for the Bears, the other benefactor of Allen Robinson leaving is Cole Komet. Ben, you're talking about punting tight end. That's a position that a lot of people like to punt. Are you taking a shot on Cole Komet at tight end 16? Definitely taking a shot at Cole Komet. Ron said how Fields isn't so developed in the passing game. And so thinking and dunking to Cole Komet, he's a very athletic tight end also who can get some yak. We saw him with some tight end one weeks last year as well. So I think if anybody at their ADP is worth drafting on this team, I'm taking a shot at Cole Komet, you know, at tight end. If I punt on tight end, I'm taking two tight ends late. He'd be one of my picks for guys that I would, I would, you know, plug in there, see how it works out. But other than that, no. Do you, back to Darnell Mooney, is there any 
any chance that he just has an Allen Robinson type year last year where he's just non-existent as a wide receiver one? No, I, I don't think so because he, he's already proven to have some rapport uh, with Justin Fields. They had some success last year. And Allen Robinson last year was just a bad situation. He's playing through injury. He was playing on the franchise tag. He didn't get his deal before in the offseason. People were saying that he wanted out. And it was to the point where Allen Robinson, you didn't know if he was playing some weeks. You checked the stat. I had him on my team. He killed me. Uh, I ex- uh, drafted him, I think, in like the third round or something like that. Spent considerable dra- Did you drop draft. Him at all? Dude, I was I was caught in a situation where I was holding him, waiting to, to see him pop off for a game, waiting to see him go. And I think I ended up trading him. But for close to, to nothing, it's just, you know, you draft a guy third round. Uh, it's a, There's a little pride involved there when it comes to trading them. <laughs> but anyways, I, needless to say, I think Allen Robinson, that was a special situation just because of everything that was going on. I'm higher on Darnell Mooney. Uh, I think he'll be better than what Allen Robinson was. I mean, he was already last year. So I, I think he's going to be decent. I don't know if I draft him, though. I'd hope to have my wide receivers filled before the time. It's a looking at him for wide receiver 21 um so yeah i'm not in on mooney but i do like commit um to your point if i'm punting tight end which i i always end up doing gotcha i mean fantasy if you can get a wide receiver one on your squad and he's there fuck it take him you know you never know so if he's available i'd say take him but 16 15 rounds like another that. guy that I, that I had and traded man I, w- I don't know what I was thinking last year tying myself to the Bears like this but another guy that I had David Montgomery <laughs> running back 16 he was a guy was that I thought so was gonna hit be or miss. workhorse so hit but or like miss, Ron bro. said he was hit or miss he had his games he was injured for a little while you saw Khalil Herbert come on his ADP, I think, has dropped a little bit because last year people were high enough on him that he was going in the, about the second round. Now he's like, I mean, probably third, fourth, maybe fifth, depending on your draft. Are any interests on David Montgomery for you guys or are you saying far away? Um, Hell no. Far away as I can. The Bears are going to be behind in a lot of games and they ain't going to be scoring points running the ball with David Montgomery. So I'm out. Thanks. Plain and simple, just like Ron said. You're going to be behind, no real direction with that team. Definitely not interested in Montgomery. Okay. All right. Well, one thing's for certain. We are all low on the Bears this year. None of us have us have them making the playoffs. I'm confident enough to take their under six and a half. Making that consensus, um, Ronan. Yeah, we make that a consensus uh, pod bet. Under yeah, six let's and do and it. Half. Let's do it. I like um, that. We, we have, Ron said he sees a best case scenario at seven but it takes a lot to get there um and and i have them slotted from four to five so pretty confident there um but let's move on we spent a lot of time on the bears uh, and let's get to this next team the team we started out the conversation with on the team starring on hard knocks this year uh the lions they're led by this guy jared goff his first year they went 313 and one it was pretty rough uh three and five at home um, and they did not win a single game on the road last year. Uh, they were the opposite of road warriors. They were two and four against the division. Fourth place, missed the playoffs. Um, did not win a game until week 13. They had they a lost tie. some tough games, yeah. bro. They had a they had a tie before uh, they registered a win last year. So put that in perspective. Um, eight games decided by one score or less. 
They were two and six in those games, so did not fare well in those close games. But that goes to what we were talking about earlier. This is a team that fights hard. They're, they're going to find themselves in a lot of games. So in about half of their games were decided by eight points or less. Um, they're right there. And they were actually a profitable against the spread team. Don't want to, uh, We're going to talk about bets later. That They were profitable against the spread. They, w- they were, dude. They covered – all the back door was always open. Hell yeah, especially oh, that game yeah. when they were down like, what, 18 or 21 or something like that, and they came yeah. back and covered. It was like the worst bad beat of the year or some shit. I think they were like 10-6 and six or 10-6-1 and one or something like that against the spread last year. So profitable team, even though their record um, did not show it. But, hey, the great good teams win, great teams cover, uh, like we all like to ah, say. So yeah. uh, let, let's move on to what Vegas is thinking of them this year. Uh, not too highly, uh, plus 15,000 to win the Super Bowl, um, plus 6,000 to win the NFC Championship. They are uh, favored to come in third place in the NFC North, though, plus 1,000. Um, their season total, over under mm. six and a half, minus mm. 120 to the over. Interesting. Uh, don't want to think about them making the playoffs yet. They are uh, plus 400, yes, no, minus 550. Jared Goff to an MVP. I just put it up there because I think this is funny. He's plus 20,000 to an MVP, but his running back, his uh, back of field counterpart, DeAndre Swift, has shorter odds at plus 15,000. So that just goes to show you what Vegas thinks about um, Jared Goff there. We have their schedule um, pictured over here to the right. I do think they have some winnable games. Their season total is a little trickier to me. Uh, we'll get into that after we look at what they did in the offseason. Pretty quiet, although they did have the number two pick. They took the home the hometown kid, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, they had a couple of losses. They lost Trey Flowers on the edge, so they got a hedge guy. Before we get into anything, I just want to ask you guys to start off. Did, did you like the Hayden Hutchinson pick? Do, do you think he's going to fit in well uh, with the Bears? Um, he is the number two pick. I think he's the highest pick we've talked about so far. He's like Dan Campbell's son, it looks like. <laughs> I think mean, I think he's going to fit right in just because he's kind of has that grid, especially as a defensive end coming from this college that he came from. I I like it. I like the pick. Um, their defense is probably going to be on the field a lot because their offense isn't, you know, as, as talented as most teams are. Uh, I think he fits right in. I don't hate the pick. I mean, it was a guy who could potentially have gone number one. So you got him at number two. You know, fuck it. I mean, if you if you passed on him, you might be kicking yourself in the ass. So why not just take him? All right, Ben, did, did you like the pick? Yeah, I did like it. Um, I liked it a lot. They needed some pass rush help. They drafted DB last year in the top five pick. So the defense again. I mean, I think that until they have their surefire quarterback pick to replace Jared Goff, they're not going to touch quarterback in the first round. So what are they doing? They're getting some grit, like Ron said. That was one of their models uh, on Hard Knocks also. I mean, mm-hmm. Campbell was wearing a cap that said grit. So I'm sure the boys from Barstool will be stopping by there for grit week for a talk with him. <laughs> uh, but no, man, they're, they're, they were in a lot of games. They lost a lot of heartbreakers. That one to the Ravens, I remember, was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, where Tucker hit a damn near 57-yard field goal to beat them at the, at the clock after Lamar hit a crazy pass. So it had Campbell in tears by week three. He was crying. For a <laughs> so I expect better things this season from them. That stretch at the end of the season where you got New York, you got Carolina, you got Chicago. Chicago. Those are three teams that are probably going to be tanking by that point because they're going to miss playoffs. 
and they're going to be wanting that better pick. So I could see the Lions reeling off some wins at the end there. And even Green Bay, if they have the division one, they usually rest Rodgers that last week of the season, too. And they did win that game last year. They played in yeah. week 17 last year. And so, won that game. so that's six and a Good half. Point. I'm chilling on that six and a half. I do think that they have potential to, to get to seven wins. Yeah, too close to call. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm interested in them this year, though, bro. I am. Yeah, and again, like I said in the beginning of the show, they're kind of that underdog story. You know, why not them? You know, I'm not saying that they have to go and win the division, but you know, you're rooting for them, especially a team on that you see on Hard Knocks that you get to follow, get a little bit more inside view of them. The way I look at it is this: you need seven wins. In my opinion, you're already getting two from Chicago, so you only need what five wins and five wins in in 15 weeks. And I'm glad you brought that up, Ron. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to say I think the total is very playable if they win their first two games. They got Philadelphia yeah. and Washington. Washington. I know people are kind of high on Philly this year, but Philly is still a team that can throw out a dud. And mm-hmm. who's to say that they don't throw out a dud week one in Detroit? They catch them both at yeah. home and they win their first two games. Uh, I, mean, I mean, things could get interesting because Ben already pointed yeah. out the end of the season stretch. And then, um, and then, and then, look who you have week four: Seattle at home, a team that we talked about earlier in one of our division breakdowns, who we were not high on at all. So, ceiling for them: three out of the first five games, they could be three and two, and you only need three wins the rest of the year. Playing Chicago twice after that—that that early bye week sucks because it gets yeah. tough. Look, look yeah. at the favor they did them on Thanksgiving Day. Hence to my point, Roland, about them wanting my boy to win MVP. Look at that, bro. That's going to be <laughs> ugly, dog. At 11.30 in the morning. Thanksgiving yeah. Day in Detroit, bro. No one's going to watch, though. It's the first game. People still waking up on the on the West Coast. <laughs> no breaks. But, hey, but they still got Jacksonville. They, they got that stretch. So they Jack- have the yeah. winnable games. Jacksonville, New York, Carolina. E man. I mean, yeah. I don't see why yeah. not, man. I, I think we should jump on over six and a half here. I, I do want to point out, we were on their under last year. We cashed we that. Were. That was one we of the, the pod bets. We did yeah. cash on them. Hey, maybe we, we have a good read on, on these Lions. Ben is our hot. Did we deserve to cash it? Oh, did we oh, deserve yeah. to cash it last year with all those close games that they played? Hell I think yeah. that we got hey. it comfortably because they only yeah. won like four games, but I, I kind of do like this over just because there's no way that a, a Campbell-led team quits to end the year. There's there's no way. So all mm-hmm. of those games are winnable against teams that are tanking. And we're already talking about them possibly, you know, winning two out of their first five, if not three. So Lock I do it like in. the over. I do Lock like it. In. Lock it in. We're, both, we're drinking we the Hard Knocks yeah. juice and it just debuted last <laughs> night. Uh, hey. Only 25% of the podcast have seen the episode and we're already drinking that Hard Knocks juice, dog. That's horrible. I'll take it, though. Uh, I, I do well, we like have a lot the, of faith in the, in the yeah. 25% guy. We have a lot of who faith. Knows? Who knows? Like we said, they, they fight they fight pretty hard for their coach. They, they are a good against the spread team, so that means they are there pretty close, although it can be misleading with the, the back door like Ben was talking about. But they, they could still steal a game here, you know, with, uh, with some of these games that they're getting at home. Like, who's to say they don't beat Miami at home? Who's you know, to who say knows they don't beat the Vikings, right? Well, I mean, they, oh, they could. I, I mean, know. I'm just saying, yeah. they, if they get them at home, who knows? I mean, you got that home field advantage, uh, Ford Field. I mean, Detroit. The NFC North plus 1,000. I'm buying the over, bro. I yeah, passed yeah. up on Kirk and I'm in on Jared Goff. We didn't oh. mention Jared Goff's name once. And we're on the over six. I, I was gonna mission. say it's it's pretty it's gonna be pretty crazy for us this year, especially me and Ron, if we're attaching ourselves to Kirk Cousins and, and Jared Goff this year. 
No, I'm not going to pause on the Jerry Goff. I'm talking about wins here. Hey, we're, we're Take still, my name I mean, off the Jerry Goff train. Well, okay. He doesn't – Jerry Goff doesn't have to be the guy that wins them the, these games. No, they, no. they do have a good defense. They do have a good they running back. They've had some guys that emerged um, in fantasy, and that's what we're about to jump into now that Anytime we've given you, our, our pick for them. What were you going to say, Ron? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You had the, the, the additions. Anytime you get a wide receiver from Alabama, you never know what's going to happen there. Why? I mean, that's, that's, true, that's breaking. Right? That's wide receiver you right there. You get a Bama receiver on your squad, you know, that you're, you're, you're getting talent no matter if he was the one, two, or three at Bama. We so didn't don't, mention- sleep, don't sleep on that. On that uh, on the, they got him 12 overall in yeah, uh, the first overall. round. Yes. I Good. mean, Davidson Williams, hey, wide receiver from Bama. Is, is, is he the guy who had a little injury, though? He had the he ACL. Coming out the ACL. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be talent, ready. Bro. That's but, talent. yeah, that's a good call out, uh, Ron. I'm glad you brought that up because he was their their second first-round pick uh, that they got, they got from the Vikings, so it looks like. So um, good for them. Hopefully, Jameson Williams can can contribute. Um, like he said, uh, or Ron said, Alabama wide receiver U. They do put them out there, so hopefully he's the next one in line. But we have a guy pictured here I want to start the fantasy conversation off with. That's Amonra St. Brown. He's a guy who burst onto the scene. Ben was telling us he was a league winner for him. He was a league winner for guys all around fantasy because you got him on the free agency wire. And if you were lucky enough to have him in the late game or the late part of the season, the playoffs, that's when he went off. I'm just throwing this out there. It's going to lead into my thoughts on the guy. Didn't have a double-digit scoring output until week 13 until he went double digits in five of the last six games hence being a league league winner i'm not in on him at wide receiver 22 there's a lot of other guys in that range that i'd other have rather have ben are you in on your boy again here mooney that's wide receiver 21 and wide receiver 22 ah shit man I'll, i'll go i'll go mooney I'll go Mooney. Both guys were league winners because they were both waiver guys yeah. last year that did really good down the stretch. Like you, Roland, I mean, they did get a new wide receiver. Yeah. You know, they got that new weapon, that big body, that number one. St. Brown does, you know, run around in the slot. And they he got did DJ have Chark. a Yeah, they got DJ Chark as well. I'm not big mm-hmm. on DJ Chark, but St. Brown did have a very good report with Jared Goff, bro. I mean, I am still buying in on the guy. I would say he's a flex wide receiver. I wouldn't put him at a wide receiver too, but I'd be comfortable with him at my flex. You would? Sure. So you'd like him at, at the flex? Really? In a full point PPR league? Full point PPR league. So so let me – I'm just throwing this out there. So you're a believer. You're on the other side of this for me because I'm looking at it Noted. like, damn, this guy didn't do shit until week 13. But you're thinking he's going to continue this play because yeah, he's struck the report the is there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. He's not running crazy routes. He's just being that little slot guy that gets open. And I think that he can do that well. And Goff doesn't push the ball down the field. So those are routes that, you know, he needs to take advantage of. I'd hey, like Ron, to are, continue. Are, are you in on St. Brown? At your I'm, flex? No, not even at my flex, man. The question to answer between him and Mooney, I would go Mooney. Just because of the quarterback situation, I think that it, Justin Fields can get a little bit more loose in the pocket. And if you're going to throw it to Mooney, you're going to throw it, you know, longer patterns down the field. Uh, he's a little bit more explosive to me. So I would go with Mooney just because another guy that on your list here is TJ uh, Hawkinson. He's a, yeah, he's a red, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a red zone target for me. We 
just like Ben said, you know, golf doesn't like to push the ball down the field as much, which means that he's a guy who looks for his tight end, a big tight end in TJ Hawkinson. So I, between Mooney and St. Brown, I would go with Mooney and I'm not very high on St. Brown either, just because, I mean, look at what you just put up there. He went, uh, didn't have a double digit scoring output until week 13, you know, so he, not a fluke, but not somebody who I'm willing to chase just because they had a great second half of the season last year. Okay. Well, wow. He's wide receiver 22, so that means he's get, being drafted as a wide receiver too. If you're getting him out of flex, you're definitely not chasing him. Yeah, well, I, I don't even believe – yeah, I don't even – I would take a lot of other guys. A wide, a wide receiver two guy right here is not going to add him to my wide receiver two list. There's a lot of other wide receiver twos out uh, there. I got him list. as a flex guy. I like him to have a better year than Mooney. Okay. All right. This is a guy that I haven't bought in on yet. I mean, he was a rookie last year. I, I want to say was a year two guy. I know he's young. Correct me. DeAndre Swift. I haven't drafted him, but I'm finding myself in mock drafts that I'm doing uh, towards the back of the draft, like 11 and 12. He, he's the guy that's there in, in that slot. He's a, he's a good receiving back. If you're talking about PPR, he, he's known for, you know, busting off big runs. Uh, he, he scores in bunches at times uh, for his team. Are you guys in on DeAndre Swift at running back eight? Uh, if you're drafting towards the the back of the back of the pack at the turn, Ben, go ahead because this I mean, this is this is tough. You know the the decision between like him, Chubb, Aaron Jones, that those guys um, in the end of the second round, or I mean end of the first round or early second. Mm -hmm. I would I was a DeAndre Swift owner last year up until he got hurt. And he was, I mean, on a tear. Yeah, he was a top five running back for, you know, at least half of the season prior to him getting injured. Jamal Williams did, you know, have a pretty good season last year in those games where he was absent. So I could see them working him into, you know, into the game more often to save DeAndre Swift a bit, make him last. But I'm in on DeAndre Swift just because, like you mentioned, the receiving aspect that he brings – He's a very good pass catching running back. He's a Deon he's a he's a Georgia running back, bro. We know that the Georgia running backs are bell cow running backs. He was a guy who was, you know, the starter at Georgia. In in his short time in the league, he has, you know, put up very respectable numbers prior to him being injured. So I am in on DeAndre Swift. Um, I do like him over guys like Nick Chubb, for example. I would take him over Nick Chubb. I would take mm -hmm. him over Aaron Jones for sure as well. Same. I'm, I'm on the same side as you on DeAndre Swift. I would take him over Aaron Jones. I'd take him over Chubb. Um, it's a toss. Mixon and him are a little bit closer for me, but I still lean DeAndre Swift. I, I do think he's that bell cow guy, and I, I think he's more of a reliable receiver uh, than Mixon. So I like him towards the, the end of the, the first round for sure. Kamara or Swift? I'll take Swift just because you don't know what's still going to go on with Kamara, um, his legal situation, and you still don't know what the Saints are going to be. Um, th this coming year with us, Winston coming off of injury um, as a quarterback. So, so I'd go some love, some love for Swift, Ron. How do you feel about Swift? I think we're going to have to make it a consensus, man. Uh, he's on a team that we have overall headed in a positive direction. He's not that star on a shitty team. He's a star on an upcoming team who we feel is going to do, you know, better this year. So why not take him? Uh, it's tough where he's sitting because if you don't take him there, you probably won't get him anymore. And then you're probably not going to have a decent running back after, you know, I mean, if he's there and he's one of the later fringe guys and you're like, shit, him or a wide receiver, 
if you're pretty much making the decision, you know, to be like, well, if I get a wide receiver now instead of him, I'm not going to have any choices left at a running back. So he's in he's in that spot, you know, and I think you have to take your chance on him. He's he's a he's a proven guy. He's not somebody who who we're going to say, well, he has a high ceiling. So let's go ahead and take him. He already has a rapport, like you guys said. Yeah, he's proved it. And he's that. Austin Eckler kind of running back. I'm not going to say PPR God the way Eckler is, but he has that chance. He has that ability with the wide receivers, you know, maybe breaking out a little bit more for golf. It could open up the running game. We're talking about the Lions beefing up their defense. So maybe they, uh, you know, the, the, the defense will get other teams off the field, which will give the Lions more of an opportunity offensively this year. They weren't on the field a lot last year. Um, you know, because their defense wasn't as great. So if it all works together, I think I like DeAndre Swift here, man. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take a chance on him. And he's young. So let, let me go back to that. One of the scenarios that you brought up in the, the back of the, the first round, early second. If you're looking at, you know, the, the choice between a wide receiver and a running back in that slot, would you go with the guy, uh, Stefan Diggs or DeAndre Swift um, in that situation? That's a guy that I've seen in that same spot. I would take Swift over him. I think I would take Debo over Swift, though. I got Debo rated over uh, Stefan Diggs myself and would my wide receivers. Uh, would, would you take CD Lamb over DeAndre Swift? No, no. You take Swift all day? Okay. Yeah, the only guy with the it's only wide receiver. I, I would nah, yeah. I'll take. Nah, Swift you're wrong. You're wrong on that one. That's fine. <laughs> the, the wide receivers I'm taking before him are obviously Cup, Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Um, Devonte Adams or DeAndre Swift? No, I'm not doing Devonte Adams. I like Swift. I mean, if, why are you so high on Swift? You're like you said you were going to be at a wide receivers a lot this yeah, year because I, those are just the wide receivers that I don't like. The guys that you're mentioning, I, like I said, so, I like Debo. So what right was so okay? You're not going Devonte Adams over DeAndre Swift. No, is it okay? God, I'm so glad you're in our one. league this year. That's a close one. That's a close one. But I'm saying because I would go Debo before I went Devontae Adams, and Debo's ranked below Adams. So I don't know. That, this is on some Derek, De- this is this is some Derek Carr shit right here. Because you have Debo as a wide receiver, as a first round wide receiver, receiver five. Yeah, like wide receiver ranking. five. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We all have our rankings. Um, so would you take Debo in the first round in any of your drafts? No, I would take him as my comeback pick right in the second, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was say, you don't have to spend that much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, interesting. I can't wait so, to draft, bro. I really can't you know, wait to draft. Something that's been going on behind the scenes. We're, we are gathering intel on each other as we're doing this. <laughs> we're, we're all in a in a draft together. It's not the yeah. we're talking about sports uh, podcast uh, league, but it is another league that we're starting up. Um, and yeah, that's going to be real interesting. But anything else on the the Lions? We Ron mentioned him. Ben, are you a Hawkinson guy? Tight I am a Hawkinson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Down to Hawkinson. Where's tight end seven? Is that like uh, round eight, round yeah. nine ish? And that's kind of where you feel safe taking a guy like Hawkinson, a guy who you can just plug in as starting tight end, and you feel like he's going to be one of those top ten tight ends. So no matter what, you're plugging in a tight end number one every week. You know, if he just mm-hmm. performs to his standards, so. Based on his draft position, that's like where I would want to go with tight end right there, you know, where it's just an easy pick for you. Oh, I get Hawkinson in the eighth round, ninth round. Badass. My tight end spot's filled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ron? Are you taking Hawkinson in the, those eighth, nine round? Eighth, ninth uh, round? I've never really been a huge tight end kind of guy, man. I mean, 
If I take him after that, I mean, I really don't mind getting the tight end 11th, 12th round just because I want to stack up on wide receivers and, you know, running backs if I can. They don't really produce if you stop and think about it. If it's not, you know, guys in the past like Gronk or Kelsey or, um, uh, you know, the, the new guy from the Falcons, uh, you know, as well, you know, that, yeah, uh, him. It's just, you're, you can fairly, you know, wait. I mean, I don't think Hawkinson is a guy who's going to produce 10 to 12 points a week, you know, 13 to 15. He's a solid, you know, eight, nine points. I mean, if he gets a touchdown, yeah, I think he'll hit the 12, 13 point mark. But now I, I even think that's a little bit early for, you know, his, his uh, draft what, prediction. So I would, you, I would wait on him. Me, would you take pick. Pitt? Would you take Pitts or uh, Dawson Knox from the Bills? I'm not Pitts. Uh, Hawkinson or Dawson, Dawson Knox? Excuse me. There you go. I, was gonna say, I would go with I would go with Knox just because I think Josh Allen's going to be slinging it. And oh, I was going to say uh, Diggs. I would definitely take Diggs. I know you guys were comparing it to somebody else, but I would go oh, with yeah, Diggs. Swift. Diggs or Swift? Yeah, I would go. I mean, it's just Josh Allen, man. I mean, he's. He's going to be slinging the rock. I mean, if Ben wants him, Ben thinks he's going to get MVP this year. He's got to be throwing the ball to somebody, and he loves to sling that rock, man. I, I would go Hawkinson over Knox just because O.J. Howard is there with the Bills now too, and he's going to be seeing some playing time. So, yes, Dawson Knox is still going to be the starting tight end, but O.J. Howard is a guy who pretty athletic with a good QB can do some work. So I like Hawkinson, bro, especially where he's being drafted. Let, let me ask you one more comparison, Ben. This one's just for you. Hawkinson or, or Darren Waller? Oh, Darren Waller, bro. Oh, Waller. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Well, then I'm just asking because they're ranked yeah. right next to each other. They're like five really? and seven. Yeah, they're five wow. and seven. And, and I didn't think they'd be that. But the drop, but it's because the drop off in tight end is that big. Yeah. Okay. From like five to seven, right? I, I from mean, like yeah, from like top, top five tight ends. So. Yeah, because yeah. number six, number six is Dalton Schultz, uh, Dallas Cowboys mm, tight end. Boys, you see, I mean, I mean, this not that I'm a homer kind of guy, but I would take Schultz. Over Hawkinson, you know, but okay. he's also I mean, going I, like a round or two before him, bro. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if I'm saying Schultz is somebody who, who, when that tight end position comes up, like you said, I could get Schultz and say, okay, I don't have to worry about a tight end. To where if that position comes up with Hawkinson, I'm like, ah, eh, let me pass and just get a mediocre tight end later because they could still produce the same. Yeah, I, I get that. And the last one I want to ask, just because I think it Hawkinson's an interesting guy this year, is Hawkinson or, or Goddard. Uh, for for you guys because there is seven and eight right there i i'd go shit this is tough i'd go goddard i i like uh, jalen hurts a little bit more than uh, jared goff although you are in for some frustrating games too with that guy but um i, I like goddard um at, at eight i would take hawk over goddard yeah i'll take hawkinson as well okay all right so we, we do like some guys on this team. Just because you're historically a bad team uh, does not mean you can't produce uh, some good fantasy players um, over the years, and the Lions have done that. So Ben is in on St. Brown. Me and Ron are not. Sounds like we're all pretty much high on DeAndre Swift, except for Ron. You're not so much in on Swift? Yeah, no, I, I made it a consensus. I, I'm not yeah. saying that I, I'm in total agreement, a, a, agreement with you guys, but – if he's there and you have to take him, uh, unless you know you're gonna get yeah. you know trash after that, you know he's somebody who can say, you know what, fine, I'm comfortable taking him. He, you're not forced to take him, but if he's there, you kind of have to just because you're gonna miss out. So, well, one thing that was a consensus, and it's not something that I that I had written down, um, oh, you know, coming comes. into the pod, 
What was the the pod bet that we made on the the Lions? And that is the the over under six and a half. Oh, for Did sure. you have them at the over? That is a pod bet going into mm-hmm. 2022. We are going to take them um, over six and a half at that minus 120. Um, and we do like a couple of their fantasy players. Um, as we're wrapping this up, guys, is there anything yeah, that we got? That, that Bears under is official. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wrote it too. Look, let, we, got, we got two plays. Let's write. Let's go through them yeah. all. I was going to see if you guys wanted to to make other yeah, comments, sure. but let's just wrap it all up. It's in terms of our bets. No, we yeah. Were, go through the uh, uh, go through each team, and we'll just yeah. kind of touch our 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 favorite bet. All right. So, in conclusion, with the Bears, we just went over the Lions, so we were on that over six and a half. On the Bears, we're all consensus on the under. Six yeah. and a half with these guys, so we are playing with so the bears under six and a half. Here. Yep, bears under six and a half, lions over six and a half so far. Lions over mm-hmm. going over here. Nothing I mean, I don't consensus, know, I think, there's on nothing the... consensus, but I mean, I Ron, you were on them to win the NFC North, you like mm-hmm. that at plus 265. Yeah, and just because those odds are juicy. And if I were to choose between the over under nine and to make the playoffs, you know what. I'm just gonna say they're gonna get, they're they're gonna make the playoffs. I'll take that at minus one fifteen. Just drink a little less juice. Maybe they get there with nine and eight, um, a game improvement over where they were last year at eight and nine. So I'll take that uh, to make the playoffs. Ben, you said you like Justin Jefferson. Uh, plus yeah, 800. but I got nothing. I'm not. I'm not. Putting, right. I'm not putting down on nothing here. All right. Well, then let's move over here. To the Packers, and we—I think we all said we're not on anything. Um, yeah, we didn't. Honestly. We didn't really touch anything on the Packers. Okay, well, nothing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, to win the NFC North, but at minus one ninety, I mean, that's a lot of juice. If you can get the Vikings at plus two sixty-five, might as well Facts. put your money there. Facts. All right. So, in conclusion, pod bets. We're betting on the the worst teams in the division. (laughs) Going to make for some interesting single square podcast. But we are on the under with the Bears under six and a half. Drink a little bit of juice there. I minus one fifty five, and we are on the Lions Lions over six and a half, uh, minus one twenty. Anything else you guys want to add before we we end the podcast? It it was a fun one. We went over the NFC North. I know it's not always the most exciting, but it's been fun. No, man, it was it was fucking awesome just to gain gain the knowledge, you know, because it, it does help with our fantasy stuff. And uh, it does help knowing all the teams and all the players, because as we all know, injuries happen in fantasy and you're always kind of go back to, hey, what did I say on the pod or what did Ron or Ben or Roland say on this player on the pod? So all this information helps, you know, regardless of of, uh, you know, whether it's a shitty team or a bad team or an ugly division or a stacked division. So I like it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the way we talked it out on this one. I mean, we pretty much came on here knowing that we'd be under, you know, pretty much as a podcast. But once we got to the Lions, that was pretty much a curveball of just yeah. talking Definitely. through it and talking ourselves into the to loving the Lions, <laughs> bro. Like I said, <laughs> drinking that hard knocks yes, juice sir. the day Martin after Mendes. the premiere. Martin Mendes is definitely gonna like that. Definitely gonna like. And it's gonna be it's gonna be real exciting the first two weeks of the season because, like I said, I pointed out, I think that can make her make or break the the bet the, those yeah. first two games of the season. So Shit. it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, NFC North. It's been a good podcast. We're gonna come at you guys with another uh, divisional breakdown. Trying to save the NFC East and the AFC East since those are the the, the two home teams. Oh for, yeah. For the podcast between the Cowboys and the Bills. But definitely going to get to those before the end of the season. 
And I, I don't know if you guys are down, but um, I, I think we should make it a third year in a row that we, we do some of these uh, positional lists. We haven't done a top five yet, but maybe next podcast we can open up yeah. with a, a top five, probably start with the quarterbacks if you guys are down. And uh, yeah. you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll bust out the AFC East next week. We've been busting between, going between the Bust. AFC and NFC, but let's do the AFC East next week because we are going to do a top five quarterback list. And, you know, they, they got Mr. Josh Allen, who should be on, on everyone's list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm down with that, man. Hell yeah. All right. Well, AFC East is coming up next week. And uh, thank you guys for being in the comments, everybody that chimed in throughout the podcast. Um, and as always, like and subscribe. Uh, we are on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you see our handle down there at We Talk in Sports One. Um, and you can find us on all streaming platforms. So uh, it's been a fun one. Talk to you guys again next week.